0: Today on episode number 612 of the School of Podcasting, the question of the month is back, and we're going to talk about egos, why you have one, why it's good that you have one, how to keep it in check. We're going to talk about staying in your lane. My buddy Eric K. Johnson, you might know him as the podcast town coach, is coming on, and we're going to answer the question, who do you want to be, pink or usher? Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting
1: with Dave Jackson
0: podcasting since 2005. I'm your award-winning personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology, face your fears, flatten that learning curve, and get you on the road to not just podcasting, but podcasting in the right direction. I have over 20 years of helping people understand technology. And if you use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up at the school that will save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. No, because of my podcast story today, because we're doing something a little different. That'll be back next week by popular demand. And by that, I mean about three or four people, hey! which as you know, as a podcaster is a lot at times. And uh, they said, Hey, whatever happened to the question of the month? And so some people have thrown out some ideas and I've kind of combined them. And if you look at the calendar, guess what? That first quarter of 2018, it is toast. It is gone. Put a fork in it. And so we're going to say the question of the month, what did you plan on doing in that first quarter that, well, uh, yeah, it didn't happen. And what are you going to do differently to make it happen in this next quarter? Or shall we just say going in the future? Now, you can simply go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact and there's all sorts of different ways to contact me there. You can call it in 888-563-3228. You can email me, com. I would prefer you not email me because I want to hear your voice. Now, if you don't have a microphone by all, you know, go ahead, email me, com. But it is a podcast. We like to hear your answers and you can just record something and email it to me as well. So again, the question is, hey, the first quarter of 2018 is over. What did you plan on doing that first quarter that you didn't? And what are you going to be doing differently to make it happen in the future? And I need those in, because be the, this will be the way we do this. It's the last Monday of the month is when you'll hear your answers. So I need those in by Thursday, the 26th, because I'll be creating the episode that weekend. So again, Send your answers in by April 26th, and for more information about how to get your answers in, just go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. Hey, let go of my ego. Wait, no, that was a completely different commercial. We're going to be talking about ego today, and the Freudian definition of ego, if you go to Wiktionary, did you know there was a Wiktionary? There is a Wiktionary. The most central part of the mind, which mediates with one's surroundings. So many people think that if you have an ego, well, you're a narcissist or that you're conceited or you're stuck up or whatever you want to put there. You think you're better than others. You think you're better than me, man. So depending on what you read, ego literally means a person's sense of self-esteem or self-worth. And what's interesting about this is so many podcasters have imposter syndrome, which means we maybe, well, I'm not worthy, man. But doing anything new like starting a podcast or really going against the norm is directly proportional to how confident you are of yourself and your ability. So you kind of need an ego to Turn the microphone on. And that does not mean you're conceited. It doesn't mean you think you're better than me, man. And it doesn't mean you're a narcissist. It means you have passion. You probably want to help people and you need a platform. And as long as you're in control of your ego. And if you're new to the show, I started playing music live around the age of 16 and I quit. I really haven't quit, but technically about, 48 is when I think the band finally dissolved. So I've had my share of egos. And as soon as your ego starts getting control of you, it's going to hurt you. When ego controls you, it can make the truth look like false and the false look true. It can really mess things up. So how do I identify the negative sides of ego? Well, when you're overwhelmed by your ego, you're going to say words that you're going to regret. You're going to take actions that you're going to wish you hadn't. You're probably going to hurt people. In some cases, uh, the people you love the most, your inflated ego can also make people lose trust and respect for you. And I've never read a thing by Deepak Chopra. Uh, I've heard he's kind of a woo-woo guy, but I'm not going to, and we'll talk about that judging here in a second, but listen to this. If you want to reach a state of bliss, then go beyond your ego and the internal dialogue. Make a decision to relinquish the need to control, the need to be approved, and the need to judge. Those are the three things the ego is doing all the time. You're like, wait, what were those three things again? Control, uh, you want to be approved, and the need to judge. It's very important to be aware of them every time they come up. So if you find yourself defending yourself, right, if you're feeling a little defensive, this may be due to a couple of reasons. You actually may be right, right? There there are those rare occasions that you actually know what you're talking about, and you're trying to educate someone about your point of view, but you're kind of getting, you know, they're they're being defensive, so you're being defensive. It gets a little wishy-washy here. Or in some cases, you're wrong, and you're defending yourself as you're afraid of the ramifications. If it's found out that you were wrong, I used to work with a guy in tech support that would make up answers just because he he couldn't say, I don't know, which drove me crazy because people would then take action on a really bad answer. The, by the way, that's not at Libsyn. This was back when I was a copier technician. I should probably clarify that. Um, and if you didn't know that, I work for Libsyn. Uh, but this is the Dave Jackson School of Podcasting show. I do not speak for Libsyn. For that, you'd have to go over to thefeed.libsyn.com. Uh, There's an old saying, you can be right or you can be married. And we're not, I realize you're like, Dave, we're talking about podcasting, right? Hang in there. I found this to be true, by the way, if we kind of relate this to, because we're talking about relationships. A couple episodes ago, uh, my good friend, Glenn, the geek Hebert was on talking about how to choose a co-host. And today, what if you chose the right co-host, but you both still have an ego, so I've got a story to tell here about a great example of how not having an ego created something very special. But in marriage, right, the joke is you can be right or you can be married. And my ex-wife, yes, hence the word ex, we would battle literally for days because in my case, I'll, I'll point out, I couldn't drop it because I thought it was right. And uh, in some cases, she wouldn't admit she was wrong. Not that she was always wrong, just to, but that's, that's a bad combination. And the opposite of defensiveness is openness. And that means being open to new ideas. I've been watching Ron Howard on Masterclass, and he said, if you have somebody who comes up with a new idea, so let's say you have a podcast with more than one person, it's you and your co-host, uh, you and maybe two co-hosts. Ron Howard said something really great. He said, you might want to work in odd numbers because it's it's always an odd number when you come to vote, something's going to win. But he was saying that if somebody, an actor comes up to him and he's the director and they come up with an idea that wasn't his and he's not sure about it, he steps back and goes, wait, what is the purpose of this scene, let's say? And does that suggestion get you to where you want to go in that scene? Even though it's not your idea, you have to be open to that and then he said, in some cases, if I then choose to do that, now there's a much more collaborative, much more trusting relationship. And he says, when, uh, not Ron Howard, but when you're not willing to even ponder another point of view, uh, you may want to check yourself. If you're just like, if somebody comes to you with a new idea and they scream pull, like, hey, Dave, I got a new idea for you. Uh, I think we should do this, pull. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's probably a bad sign. That's a red flag. Now, you're like, Dave, I don't know if I want to listen to this episode. I do a solo show. Well, here's something else that you might want to keep in mind. We all want to, I mean, this is primarily a, a solo show. And I might want to take all the the applause and the, you know, adulations that go with this. I mean, I record this show. I edit the show. I post the show. I'm the producer. I'm the host. I'm the editor. I'm the web designer. I'm the graphic designer. I do the show with me, myself, and I. So that appears to be true that it is my show and I should take all the adulations. But I get feedback in the form of emails, speak pipe messages, Facebook likes, all sorts of comments that help steer this podcast in a direction that allows it to connect deeper with the people who find it. So it's not a hundred percent me. So thanks to my audience who, when they hear something or they hear someone talking about podcasting and they say, Hey, you know what? You need to listen to Dave Jackson of the school of podcasting, or you need to join the school of podcasting. I would be a fool to say the success of this show that you're listening to right now is a hundred percent because of me. Always be open To new ideas, and again, I I was listening to this thing with Ron Howard, and he said, "Hear everyone's ideas, but in the end, you decide with your heart, because it's your show." And so, I uh, I went to this concert, and I know you're like, "What?" Now we're talking about concerts. Trust me, this is going to tie into podcasting. I went to a uh, a concert by this guitar player named Michael Schenker who was in the Scorpions when he was 15. So if you're a child of the 80s, you've probably at least heard of the word Scorpions. Most of you have never heard of Michael Shanker, unless you're a guitar player over the age of 30. Now, to give you some frame of who this guy actually is, you've probably heard of Metallica, one of the most popular heavy metal bands of all time. They've sold like 110 million records. Their guitar player went, I mean, 100% fanboy upon meeting Michael Shanker, and he actually pulled some strings—no pun intended. Get it? Guitars. Okay. Anyway, to actually get to play with him on this TV show, I've got a link to that in the, a video of this out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash six one two. And so, what Michael did is—and I, I realize I got to make this short because this isn't a music show—but Michael had different singers over the years mainly because he had a drug and alcohol problem and some of his singers had a drug and alcohol problem. So he got four different singers and he came out and toured under the name Michael Shanker Fest. And to all of you non-musicians, there's a thing that the rest of the band calls LSD and it's not for the drug. It stands for lead singer's disease. And like I said, I've been playing in different bands for probably thirty years, and I can say that the best singers, the best performers, also had the largest egos. And I'm not sure if that's entirely connected, or if it was just a quinkey dink. But it's what I saw. And what was interesting about this is the singers, the guys. One guy's name was Gary Barden. He was 62. Graham Bonnet, you might know him from Radio, uh, from Rainbow uh, and Alcatraz, was 70, 70 years old. Robin McCulley was 65, and some guy named Doogie White. We're going to be talking about doogie in a second was fifty. Michael, the actual guitar player that everybody was there to see is sixty three so maybe there's some wisdom in this age, but here's the thing having four different singers singers again have egos, and on one song, Gary Barden, who in my opinion, wasn't a great singer when he was i don't know twenty three let alone sixty three uh and there's just no way he's going to hit these high notes. And all of a sudden, one of the other singers, in this case Robin McCulloch, came out and took the high part because Gary or Robin apparently took a little better care of himself and can still hit the high notes. And I don't know if I can explain just how crazy that is to not only have two lead singers, one singing the high part that's not the main guy that wrote the high part. I mean, when you can't get Eddie Van Halen and Sammy Hagar in the same room. It's like seeing a unicorn on stage. I mean, and then when they actually in multiple times during the night, they had all four singers on stage with one out front and three singing back up to the guy in the front. I mean, it's kind of like saying Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton went on vacation together. You just you're not going to see that. It's really, really rare. So, Dave, what does this have to do with podcasting? By leaving their egos at the door. I got to see a one of a kind show. I mean, it was amazing seeing Graham Bonnet. Like I said, at the age of 70, just out there belting his face off. It was amazing. They didn't let their egos get the best of them. And in return are probably number one, making more money than they would if they'd stayed separate because none of those guys were exactly, you know, burning up the charts on their own. And the thing that I was like, holy cow, they even on Michael's latest album recorded some songs together. And I just went, oh, now you're talking crazy. This is like seeing a mermaid ride a unicorn in the land of Oz. It's just not going to happen. So if you have a co host and you're starting to worry about, well, who's getting more mic time or who's doing this or that, always, always, always. Be open and honest with anybody. But there are times if somebody, in fact, Glenn said it. He said uh, his co host came up with an idea and he was like, eh, it sounds kind of stupid, but he did it and it's one of their most popular features now. So be careful with your, your ego. And so I, I need to say here before we get into this next section that we're going to be talking about a guy named Richard working at a radio station. Now, we all just call him Dick. So if you have children in the car, that word's going to be used a lot here in the next segment. And for this, I called in somebody who has 30 years of radio experience. He is my co-host, speaking of co-hosts, of the podcast review show. And this is a show where both Eric and I, listen to an episode that you pick out and we go over the technical side of it. We go over the content side of it. We go over your website. We go over everything with a fine tooth comb. And I've heard Eric talk about a certain scenario or a certain, shall we say, chemistry blueprint for most morning radio shows. And so here is Eric and you can find more about Eric at podcasttalentcoach.com. I highly recommend you listen to that podcast. If you really want to take your content up a notch, check out podcasttalentcoach.com. And here is Eric.
1: In morning radio, there's a philosophy called the Dick, the doll and the dork because it's a three person morning show and everybody has their role and the, the role that they play on the show. So the dork is, typically the the main leader of the show the dork is the affable one who is a little bit quirky he's the guy everybody loves and he's the aw shucks guy and then there's the dick he's just the jackball who says stuff he shouldn't be saying he rubs people a little bit the wrong way you want to like him but he's just a little irritating and the the dork usually goes oh don't say that you know kind of puts him in his place Those two kind of bounce off each other. They're the opposites. And then the doll, she's usually the brains of the organization. She's the smart one that comes in and kind of puts everybody in their place. And she's the sense of reason. So everybody kind of has their lane. So if we're talking about, oh, we got this letter today from listener Kim, and she found another woman's number in her man's cell phone and she wants to know what she should do about it. And, uh, you know, the Dick, he's going to go, what's the big deal? You know, hey, it's just another chick, you know, and and the doll, the dork's going to go, no, you know what you need to you, she, well, hold on a second. You don't know what it's all about. You know, he's going to be kind of in the middle and the, the doll she's going to be, you know, kick him to the curb, girl. There's <laughs> plenty more fish out there. Right. And she's going to be the one. So that sort of, Triangle and everybody has their role. You you have to know your role and you have to stay in your role because that's what people expect of you. Now, if the dork on the show all of a sudden says, "Hey, it's just another chick," that's he's out of his lane. You don't expect that from him, and it, he's not in in his defined character. He may think that, but he can't say that because it's not it's not who he's supposed to be. It's not what people know him for. So it's just a way to define um, the characters on the show. It would be similar if you've ever listened to Mike and Mike on ESPN. It's only two. So the Dick Doll and the Dork doesn't work on Mike and Mike. But you have Mike Golick used to be a, a professional football player, really big. I mean, he he knows football because he was in the trenches playing it. And then the other Mike, he's just a little Mike. He's never played football, but he studied it. He's the reporter. He's the guy that studied the game inside and out. He knows all the facts. He's read all the books. So he's the brain smarts guy, where the other Mike is the brawn guy. And so they're opposites, and, and each of them have their lane, where the football Mike is more heart, the book Mike is more brains. And so they, it, you just know your lane and you stay in it.
0: Because right. if, you, if you get out of your lane, then you mess up the chemistry. Exactly.
1: Because if you and I both agree on everything, one of us is not necessary. We're not, we
0: don't need two people with the same opinion. And so on that show, the podcast review show, Eric is brought in as kind of the content guru. But that does that mean Eric doesn't have any technical knowledge? No, absolutely not. He can still comment on how is the website, what was the experience like. I'm brought in as kind of the technical guru. But does that mean I can't comment on the content? Well, no, I'm still a listener. And last week's show, we reviewed a show called A Modeler's Life. It's about basically, uh, it's a hobby where you basically do uh, model railroads or model trains. And so Eric had a model train when he was growing up, and I did not. And consequently, we had, well, things like this.
1: On the other side of the coin from where Dave is, I didn't so much mind that part of, all right, well, that's pretty cool. Now, where do you want to take this whole journey now?
0: And it wasn't like when he said that, I was like, oh, no, you don't. So if I was an egomaniac, I'd be like, hey, you can't disagree with me. I'm the host of the show. And I, I do the same thing on Saturday morning. I have Jim Cullison from the TheAverageGuy.tv. And we all kind of know what our lanes are. We know what the purpose of the show is. And we both know, we all know that we come from different directions. Now, to take it back to the concert I saw, I said there were four singers. And the youngest guy is this guy named Doogie White, who looked like a bad imitation of Jet Black, Jet Black, of Jack Black, the singer. You've ever seen him sing? He's always, oh, holy dive, wow. And uh, what was stupid about this? Now, the name of the concert was Michael Shanker Fest, where people... Who like to hear Michael Shanker play the guitar come to listen. So this means it's a crowd of about, I don't know, 98% dudes, all of which who have their phone out trying to videotape this guy's fingers flying over the fretboard. But what was annoying, because the other three singers didn't do this, is when Michael would go to do a guitar solo, in other words, when the crowd really started to pay attention Doogie would start going, all right, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Or he'd clap his hands. Come on, everybody. Everybody like, dude, I'm trying to hear, you know, the guy that's on the backdrop, that big picture behind you of the guy named Michael Shanker. I don't know if you noticed this Doogie, but that dude is playing a ripping solo right now. And I can't hear it because you want me to scream, hey, that is not good for the show. And that's where You've got to kind of go, and, and to me, I just I just feel like going, Doogie, did you not get enough hugs growing up or something? What's the deal? And to me, it seemed like he was like, no, look at me. Look at me. And meanwhile, every phone is on Michael Shanker on the right-hand side. So it just seemed very out of place. It was disruptive. It it just was like, what are you, dude, he's playing the show. Shut up. So if somebody, so there's a difference between having a difference of opinion on a show, having a a different viewpoint on the show and somebody just flat out trying to derail your episode because I didn't get enough hugs. Daddy hug me daddy. I don't know what's going on with Doogie, but he was driving me crazy. That's an example of that. The other thing I wanted to point out about ego is, and you've heard me talk about this book. It's a really good book. It's old I would probably feel very old right now if I looked it up, but the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey has a line in about understand before being understood. And sometimes we are quick to label people, narcissist of being, they think they're better than me, right? They think that guy's got an ego on him. And I would say, ah, be careful with that one because at one point in my life, I, I changed my direction but I was going to be a Baptist pastor, preacher, minister, whatever you want to call it. And I decided not to because I'm a much better worker bee uh, than uh, that's a whole other long story. But anyway, I decided not to go that. It was not a good fit for the church I was working with. Let's go that route. And, um, but as I was going through school for that, the one class said, you know, if you see somebody sleeping in the first row and you're thinking, how rude. Well, realize that could be a new dad with like a three-year-old baby at home or a mom, and they still made it to church. Isn't that amazing? But they're sleeping. Don't get offended because somebody is not paying attention to you. There may be a whole lot more to that story. I think I've shared this story with you before about Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn is one of the nicest guys on the planet. I've met him a couple times, and he just, again, is that what you hear is what you get. And I would hear him on all these shows and I would ask him to come on the school of podcasting and he would say no. And I was like, Oh, that's, you know, and I could have said, Oh, that guy thinks he's too big for the show or, or he hates me. Love me, daddy. I don't know what's going. No. So what Pat was having children. Every time I asked him to come on the show, he's, uh, the wife's due that time. I can't really be doing interviews, but when he came out with the smart podcast player, I knew he had time to promote it and I asked him and lo and behold, he came on the show. So don't jump to conclusions that somebody thinks they're better than you are just because they won't return your call and things like that. Keep that in mind. So that is my thoughts on Ego. And uh, I mentioned that uh, I do a show with Eric K. Johnson called the Podcast Review Show. And in the last episode, we reviewed a show called a modelers life. And just in case you've been thinking about, well, what would it be like to be on that show to have two guys with a combined, probably 50 years of experience, look at my content. Well, here's what Lionel had to say. So thanks again for coming on the show. (laughs) It was great.
1: I really enjoyed it. You guys are, were a lot of fun. And I did, uh, I thought it was a lot of really good constructive criticism. Awesome. Um, I hope we help. Thanks for being here. Yeah.
0: This, did I say it right? Is that the way you wanted me That's to say it? That's it.
1: The, the 20s <laughs> in the mail, you read buddy. read the script perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
0: And again, you can find that at podcastreviewshow.com. And I mentioned that, you know, understand before being understood, but then there are times when people are just blatantly, well, the ego has got the best of them. And for that, again, I turn to my buddy, the podcast talent coach, Mr. Eric K. Johnson, for some great stories about ego.
1: It's interesting in music because you'll see somebody on the screen or you'll hear an interview with them and they're like badass and you expect to meet them and they turn out to be the nicest people in the world. And then you see interviews and they seem like they're super sweet and really cool and you meet them and they're just complete jackballs. Mm -hmm. And I've met both if you've ever heard pink give an interview or talk or anything, she always comes off as this real badass. And, uh, we had the opportunity to meet pink backstage before a show. She was opening for uh, Justin Timberlake and, uh, went back to meet her sweetest person ever. Like my wife and I stood back there and talked to her for probably a good 10 minutes before she went on stage and just talked about our kids and, had the best conversation with her. Like, like she knew us forever. She d- had no problem taking time to talk with us and absolutely had a blast. I, I would go see her hands down. And then she went out and put on a fantastic show, which was amazing. The very first ego I ever ran into was, uh, cheap trick 1994. We were doing the radio station birthday bash. The lineup was, uh, cheap trick, REO and starship. Uh so this was 94 long after Cheap Trick had uh even the flame what yeah. the flame was a hit in what 1987 88 you know so we're we're 6 7 years removed from that their last big hit and I meet them backstage uh before the show and this was like my first big backstage like I hadn't been back with big big artists before so this was my first go around and the whole staff is back there and we're just shooting the gip with them before they go on stage. And so I didn't know what to do or what to say. And so the the big guy, the morning show and those guys, they're all talking to Bunny Carlos and Robin Zander. So I'm hanging out with the bass player. I, and I don't even remember what the guy's name is. But, I, you know, I said, uh, I'm just looking for small talk. And I said, so, uh, like, how many, how many shows would you guys do in a year? And he goes, I don't know. And I was like, okay all right, well, sorry I bothered you, sir. You're the bass player of Cheap Trick. Move along. Like, and I've hated Cheap Trick ever since. Like, like, dude, you don't have to be a jackball. Like, I understand you're out on the road a lot, but, you know, you get paid a lot of money to play bass in Cheap Trick. Like, Robin Zander could go have a solo career any minute and you'd be working back at Costco. So, lighten up, dude. And the other one, the other ego was Usher. So we're crammed, we're we're seeing Usher, Kemper Arena, Kansas City. And we're in this little room, like, it's not even like a locker room. It's more like a conference room. And we are packed in there like sardines because there's all the radio winners. There's the, all the radio station staff from not only our market, but three other markets. And then there's the fan club all of them jammed in there. And then there's ushers like friends and family and hangers on that. They're in there. So we're all packed into this conference room and we're waiting for usher to come. And uh, so in comes his bodyguard, who is this like six foot four, like this dude could have played lineman on the Kansas city chiefs football team. I mean, this guy was huge. He comes in, he goes, all right, people listen up. Here's how this is going to work. I need you all to put your cameras away. Uh, usher's going to come in and when he comes in, nobody take a picture of him. If any of you take a picture of him, we will escort you out of the building after we take your camera and you will not be able to see the show. Usher's going to come in. He's going to stand right up here at the front of the room. You're going to form a single file line. When you get to the front of the line, you're going to hand your camera to this gentleman right here. He's going to take your picture. He will hand your camera back to you. You will step out in the hallway where you'll get a pre-autographed eight by 10 photo and you'll return to your seat. Any questions? Or like, like, uh, no, no questions. Okay, he'll be in in a minute. So he walks out. A couple minutes later, he comes back in with Usher. Usher's got his sunglasses on. You know, it's Saturday night at right. 8 o'clock. It's dark. He's got his sunglasses on. He stands there in like a very like proper pose, arms, uh, you know, hands crossed in front of him doesn't say a word to anybody and just stands there. And we all kind of get up next to him. Like he's a cardboard cutout cheese <laughs> click, get our camera and leave. And that's it. Never said a word to anybody the entire time he was in there. I'm like, <laughs> seriously, could that's have been a cardboard I, cutout. I, I could have, I could have stood next to the poster and got <laughs> the same photo. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Don't take a picture of him when he walks in or we're going to escort you out of the building. and yeah. Take your camera. I'm like, really? Because we can't take a picture of Usher as he walks through the door. Okay.
0: Nice. Oh,
1: hey, Usher, where are you now?
0: Yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> Holy cow. Back on Star Search. Well, if you want more fun stories, you always do have great stories in your podcast. Uh,
1: I try. I try to have stories. You don't, know, But I don't want to look like I'm dropping names. Like, oh, yeah. No. So uh had dinner over at Vince Gill's house the other day. Yeah. Which I did, but I'm not going to sit here and brag (laughs) about it.
0: Well, that's what's always great about it. You're not name dropping, but it's still like, yeah. And then there was a time I was hanging out with Meatloaf and I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool. So (laughs) I don't think I've ever met Meatloaf. Okay, I don't think
1: I, I don't I think I've seen him, but I don't think I've ever I did meet Ozzy Ozzy. So get this. So I'm talk about no ego. So Ozzy had fallen. This would have been 19. Shoot, this would have been '96, maybe. Okay, Ozzy had he hurt his hip, and he came down with the flu, and so he had to cancel a string of shows. And he was supposed to play in town, and uh, we were like, "Man, we don't even know if the show's going to happen because Ozzy's sick." And uh, he gets better like three days before our show, so he does two shows. No, he doesn't. He gets days. He gets he gets better three days before our show. But our show was his first show back. Mm. So he comes out on stage, you know, and he's already old and he's sick now and he puts on a great show. But before he came out on stage, we were gonna go backstage and meet him. And so we're back there with all the listeners, and they say, um, Ozzy has been sick. You know, we weren't gonna do the meet and greet, but he didn't want to turn everybody down, so we were planned on doing it. Please uh don't ask him for a lot because he he's asked to rest his voice. And he's really tired. We just need to move this through really quick. So don't spend a whole lot of time talking to him. We need to move it through quick so he can get on stage. And uh, we're like, yeah, no problem. No problem whatsoever. Well, I didn't work at the rock station at the time. The rock station was our sister station. So I just got meet and greet passes through them. So I figured, you know what? We're going to go to the back of the line because uh, if, if for some reason he gets tired and he can't complete the whole meet and greet, if we don't get to meet him, We're all good with that. So they have a table at one end of the room and we're standing at the other end of the room in the back of the line in the single file line. All right. Ozzy's going to be in a minute. Well, they come back in a little later and they take the table from that end and they move it down to our end. So now we're first in line instead of last in line. And I'm like, well, this didn't work out like it was supposed to. And so I'm I'm there with my girlfriend at the time. And uh, we've specifically been instructed, don't engage Ozzy. We're like, okay, great. So uh, now I'm first in line. And so Ozzy comes in, everybody's like, hey, Ozzy. He sits down at the table. Um, I step up, I hand him my CD cover. He autographs it. I say, hey, thanks, have a great show. And m- my girlfriend at the time, she steps up and hands, hands him an 8 by 10 to have it signed. And she makes the mistake of saying, so, so how you doing? And Ozzy starts in, Oh, you know I'm a bag, running this on my back and I haven't feeling good I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying And so he starts going on and on and on and just mumbling, like we're catching every third <laughs> word he's saying. And so now I'm standing there like, oh, my God, we've specifically been told not to have a conversation with him. And right. now we're the first in line and here he's going on and on and right. on and on and on. And she, she's like, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this conversation? Like, how do I make Ozzy stop talking yeah. to me? How do you turn him off? <laughs> right, exactly. And so finally the record guy steps in and goes, all right, well, thanks for coming and kind of shoes us to the side right. and cuts Ozzy off. So. I'm like, oh, I, he told us not to do that. She's like, I know I couldn't get him to stop talking. <laughs> now he now was, you know why. He was awesome. <laughs> he was awesome. It was a lot of fun beating him.
0: Excellent. Well, Eric, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Again, find Eric at podcasttalentcoach.com. He does have a lot of really cool, you have a lot of cool worksheets that'll really help you sharpen up your material. So if you haven't downloaded those yet, check them out again, podcasttalentcoach.com. Eric, thanks for stopping by, buddy. You bet. My pleasure. Anytime. So who do you want to be pink or usher? I think the best kind of story I've heard about this, I read Scott Ian, another band you've probably never heard of called anthrax. They play a lot of mellow stuff. Yeah, I'm kidding. Heavy metal band from the eighties anthrax. And Scott Ian has a couple books out. And he said, when he comes to meet fans, he goes, he realizes that for him, It's like five seconds, 10 seconds, 30 seconds out of his day that he will probably forget by the time he gets back to the elevator because he just met 40, 50 people. He goes, but that 30 seconds for the person who in a world of, you know, AM, FM, satellite radio, Hulu, cable, HBO is taking time to consume your content, in his case, music. He goes, that person's going to remember that meeting forever. And so if you ever get a chance to meet your listener, to interact with them in any way, via email, Twitter, things like that, take the time to answer them the best you can. And if you're really busy and you're gonna hurry the response, maybe it's best to wait till tomorrow. Yes, they'll have to wait a little longer, but they'll give you'll be able to give them a better response and you can judge which one would be better. But keep that in mind. Who do you want to be pink? or usher. So thanks again to my buddy, Eric K. Johnson from podcast talent coach.com. He really is a super nice guy. If you would like to work with me, it's really easy. com slash work with me. I know I try to keep it obvious and you can do everything over there from sign up to membership sites at the school of podcasting. If you want to do one-on-one consulting, it's all there. com slash work with me. In the future, I've got interviews with Monica Rivera. We're going to talk about how do I get over the hump of actually launching my podcast? We talked about self-esteem a little bit today and how you need a little to get over that hump. And here's somebody who sat on a microphone for four years. So that's an and And now what's happened since she actually hit record? We'll be talking about that. I know I keep teasing about I'm going to do a show about toys that I'm playing with. I just need to find the time to play with the toys to where I can really come to you with a decent report. So that's coming up in the future. And we've got more because of my podcast stories. That's where if you want to answer that question, simply, again, email is daveschoolofpodcasting.com. Record an answer to this question. Because of my podcast, blank. And you fill in the blank. And last, as we head out the door, I realize I've given you 37 different calls to action. Shame on me. But I need this again by April 26th. And that is this month's question is, what did you plan on doing in the first quarter that you didn't? And what are you going to be doing differently to make it happen in the future? And again, you can just go out to schoolpodcasting.com slash contact. All of this is in the show notes. If you're listening on an app, you can probably swipe up, down, left or right and have a link right there. Thanks so much for listening. I deeply, deeply appreciate it. Take care, and until next week, class is dismissed. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time.